Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 354. And tonight, we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale number 224, Liminal Spaces. I was uh, I was kind of excited when I heard the name of this because I've looked into Liminal Spaces, and I can see why they're kind of trendy and popular right now. Yeah, you actually looked up what they are. I mean, I have heard the phrase, and it does kind of evoke this sort of spooky, abandoned properties sort of thing. What exactly is a liminal space? So I I looked it up, and everybody's been asking that question, and even Cecil mentions it in the episode, but basically, a liminal space, it's supposed to be the transition from one thing to another, and it can happen like in a time period in someone's life, the time period of culture, but it can also be in architecture. It's like hallways, you know, they're the connections between two different spaces or like an abandoned blockbuster. It's like you're used to seeing it when there's a lot of people, but you're not used to seeing it when it's completely empty, but it's got that kind of like transitional thing. I did find one thing (laughs) that I kind of noticed. It talks about how in large scale societies, I'm reading a lot from the Wikipedia entry, which has got way more information than you'd ever want to know, but this quote really jumped out at me. The concept of a liminal situation can also be applied to entire societies that are going through a crisis or a collapse of order, talking about an in-between period between two structured worldviews, between two rounds of empire building and age of creativity, blah, 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 essentially a time of uncertainty, which more importantly involved in entire civilizations. They're both destructive and constructive. And I was just like, I've seen a few places before mention how the pandemic was basically a liminal space. We were in this no man's land that we had never been in before between the way things were and the way things were going to be. It feels like politically we're sort of in a liminal space right now. I mean, uh, well, it's at time of this recording, it's Monday. Um, things are supposed to kick off Tuesday or Wednesday politically, mm-hmm. and that's all I want to talk about that, but it is sure crazy. Yeah. If you want to think of something more positive, I remember walking through a Michaels and thinking that Michaels is kind of a liminal space, and it's because you're walking in amongst all of the potential projects before they've gotten started. But right. I think I mostly focused on that because liminal space is just such a pleasing phrase and idea. So I like the idea of walking through a liminal space. Yeah, exactly. But in popular culture, it's kind of, you've got the liminal spaces Twitter feed, which has you know possibly even millions of followers at this point, certainly hundreds of thousands of followers. And it's kind of auto-generated from, I believe, I want to say a Reddit site where people upload photos that they believe represent liminal spaces. But they're deliciously creepy, just slightly unsettling. But a lot of people have noticed sometimes the pictures seem to have veered into kind of more of like a nostalgia from when we were younger, like doctor's offices, or there's one of this library like computer lab area and somebody was saying they're like I can I can hear this photo I can smell this photo that kind of nostalgia <laughs> and that's not that's getting away from the idea of liminal so it's it's sort of become a catch-all for like photos or videos or whatever that are slightly unsettling but somehow they kind of like scratch this itch that you didn't know you had in your brain okay well I have to look that up now because I remember um I think it was Hannah showed a picture of an outdoor reading room in Sarasota that was made from building materials left over from the old Selby library. And as soon as I hear that name, you're right, I can smell that idea and I can hear and feel and that 
bizarre wonky ass staircase that it felt like you were tumbling down when you yes. were trying to walk down it because it was at this weird angle that was kind of arty. You know, I want to check, but I almost think the other cool thing about that reading room is not just that it's made for the materials. I think it might actually, it's outdoors. It's right there on the water, mm-hmm. but I think it's located where the old reading room used to be. I think like you're that right. particular yeah. spot. I just love stuff like that. <laughs> anyway, so getting into the episode, Liminal Spaces, apparently Cecil's niece Janice, she really likes watching these four-hour-long compilations of liminal spaces, which are mostly just, you know, strange, ethereal, atmospheric kind of music over a lot of these different pictures. She's convinced Cecil to do it, and he does it because he just wants to be hip and with it with all the kids. And plus, it makes her happy. Yeah, and so he's going to sit down with her, he's going to make some popcorn, and there's this pause. Wait, do the kids today still like popcorn? Oh my god, am I uncool because I like popcorn? I'm like, settle down, Cecil. I like popcorn too, and I'm a thousand. (laughs) It's totally fine. Don't worry about it. We go from there to the sponsors. Very odd sponsors. Unlike a lot of them, it wasn't referencing an actual product that we know of today. It was for night jeans. It's for jeans. If you want to have the comfort of jeans while you're dreaming, you just take off your daytime jeans and put on your nighttime jeans. Do you want to put your hands in your pockets while you're sleeping? Well, then night jeans are for you. Do you want to rip out the knees of your night jeans? What's well, cool with us? And just, but then they also said one of the latest developments they have in that is the, what is it? The Canadian tuxedo which is just mm-hmm. basically jeans, jeans jacket, jeans shirt, jeans. So yep. <laughs> I, yep. I think yep. I may have heard that phrase before, but now I'm going to be using that all the time. Oh yeah, I've heard that one before. In fact, I'm sure that I have done that several times when I was growing up. I'm sure there were times when I was wearing a jean jacket over jeans with like a denim shirt and everything. Whatever, it was the 70s and 80s. It was a different time. <laughs> so Cecil's back, Janice puts on the compilation and it's really just... I don't know, just going from one liminal space to the other. You've got like an abandoned amusement park and then an abandoned school building and a water park. And it's in the empty water park that Cecil sees a man sitting with his feet dangling into an empty pool. And Cecil, the man's facing away from him, but Cecil feels like he recognizes him. But And he doesn't like him. And he said, there's an emptiness in my brain, and I think the emptiness is in the shape of this man. Yeah, really super creepy. We break away from that pretty quickly as Cecil gives us the latest news. The police have named Daniel Cardinal as a person of interest in the murder of Dana Cardinal. And they've asked her to turn over all of her staplers, and she's just like... I don't have it. It's 2023. I don't own a stapler. Plus, did you think I kept the stapler? I do not have the murder stapler. <laughs> well, they've, they've told her not to leave town, which she said, I have never left town. Or no, they told her not to leave the state. And she says, I've never left the state and I wouldn't know how to leave Nightvale if I wanted to, which Cecil agrees. It is kind of problematic. But I think the police are having trouble coming up with a specific charge for this crime because they don't have a body and Dana Cardinal is also walking around alive. So the paperwork's going to kind of be a nightmare. Yeah. It's interesting. This is the only 
reference to the university of what it is and all of that stuff. This is the only reference to that we get for the entire episode. And they don't even say the university of what it is or Dr. Janice LaBelle or any of that, but that is directly related to them sticking their noses in that. So I'm sure the university is going to make sure that they find a body or something. I guess it just felt like Sheriff Sam, they were very enthusiastic when they found out that Dana had murdered somebody. And I don't know if Sheriff Sam has some kind of grudge against Dana Cardinal or if they just really, really like the idea of being able to do police work. I I tend to think it's the latter. I'm not sure about that. But yeah, they sounded more excited than anything else. Okay, so we go from there to the community calendar. And this evening, uh, we're having a safe pug. What was it? A safe pug relinquish? Or when you like... Surrender. Yeah. uh, It's a safe pug surrender. Yeah. I mean, pugs can be dangerous, man. And this is a safe spot for you to surrender your pug. Yeah. They want to say that a lot of people get injured by pugs. And if you think that you're safer in a home with a pug, you have to realize that it is more likely that someone will use your pug against you. So please just go ahead and trash those pugs. Like <laughs> a friend of ours has a, a pug and they're just very, very cute. So the idea that they could possibly be dangerous and have to be handed over like guns, that's, uh, that's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, Thursday, Michelle Nguyen is doing a sound bath. I swear that's coming up more and more often in my general feed ever since Hannah mentioned going to one. Yeah, as someone at my church says she's been leading sound baths and she wants to try some new stuff and she wanted to know if I wanted to be a test subject. I'm like, okay, so I'm maybe trying that out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Nguyen's, though, she's going to be um, rehashing the entire plot of Riverdale from episode one. Which I would actually find that a little interesting because I never watched a single episode of that TV show and know nothing about it. Nope, nope. I put it in the same space in my head as like a combination between vampire diaries and i don't know sabrina the teenage witch and supernatural i mean it's just like a mishmash of all those but i don't know i've i've heard people say it's pretty off the hook and interesting well it that makes me a little worried about michelle because i think the last time she was featured her love for like things that aren't music had kind of gotten whittled away by the university of what it is somehow. So is this part of that? I mean, I know it's, it's kooky and weird that someone's going to be doing a sound bath with a recap of Riverdale, but still it feels a lot more pop culture than Michelle would normally get. That's exactly what I thought. I mean, the Michelle Nguyen that we knew wouldn't have gotten near any CW show with a 10 foot pole. Mm. This weekend is the Food and Wine Festival at the Harbor. The Harbor, which you remember, does not have any water, so Mm -hmm. that's probably next going to be on the chopping block by the University of what it is. But anyway, they're going to have celebrity chefs like Emil Blagasi is going to be there, and he's going to teach everybody how to boil water. um, (laughs) Earl Harlan is going to be there doing a cooking demonstration, and part of the demonstration, he's going to cut off his own pinky, which Cecil says sounds delicious. Yeah, Cecil would. God. It'd be fun have Earl Harlan back. That was uh, Will Wheaton did. Yeah, yeah. It'd be fun to have him back. Uh, Tuesday is spaghetti night at Taco Bell. Um, Janice is asleep now and Cecil is still watching the video and the little photos and he's really leaning on the idea that this is nostalgia, that this mm-hmm. it's not just a nostalgia for a place, but for who we are. Like maybe we're nostalgic for when we were babies waiting around and playing with the toys in a doctor's waiting room because if we're babies we don't have any responsibilities. Right. Um, but, you know, looking at these other areas like weird photos from basements and then there's this computer room and the man is there again and it's a video now 
and it almost looks like a live stream, except this is obviously a room from like a few decades ago at the very least. One of those candy apple Mac computers, I think, that Mm. they used to have. And you're pulling closer and closer behind this man, and he's typing. And you see on the screen, he's typing, Cecil, I know you can see this. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. Oh, intensely creepy. And yet the video cut out before the man could turn around and Cecil could see his face. And Cecil's like, all right, I don't like this anymore. Janice is asleep. I'm going to turn it off. And he just can't figure out how to make the video stop. And it's creeping him out. Um So, yeah. So to distract himself, uh, Cecil goes to the children's fun fact science corner, which he realizes he's never given an actual fact in the children's fun fact science corner. So that's what he's going to do now. He's going to read off some facts. And the first one is that no one knows what wind is or what it wants. Also, that you will once in your life, just one time, you will have a thought that nobody in the history of the entire world ever has or ever will think. It will be the only time this will ever happen and you will have no idea which thought that is. Yeah. Like, go, that's creepy. Yeah, that, that'll make you sit and think for a little while. But mm-hmm. um, And then he goes on a long, rambling discussion about the fact that the only truth in the universe is entropy and that everything is completely winding down and breaking into its component atoms and splintering away. So basically, don't stress about the dishes that you didn't get done because on a long enough timeline, those dishes don't even exist. And I oh, I like that, actually. <laughs> I yeah. love that kind of excuse. Like, I'm not going to worry about the dishes because entropy. You know, I forget what I was listening to recently. I'll have to look it up. It was talking about nihilism, mm-hmm. about how nothing matters, and about how it doesn't have to necessarily be like a really pessimistic downer of an idea, you know, the idea that, oh God, nothing matters. No, it's actually a kind of a positive thing. It's like, hey, nothing matters. So So why stress about it? Yeah, I'll look that up and figure out where the heck I was. I know I was listening to something. I can't remember what it is, but anyway. Um, So we come back to Cecil and he's been texting Carlos and Carlos is giving all these suggestions and Cecil's just like, oh, it's this user error. I'm just so not good with technology. But I mean, he can't can't get the video to stop. Every time he closes the browser window, it comes back on. And every time it comes back on, the music is slightly louder. Oh, and I'm like, God. oh God. That, that reminds me of that, um, the ending of uh, White Christmas and the Black Mirror episode. Yes. Every, every, oh, time he, every time he chucks the radio onto the floor and breaks it, the radio appears back on the countertop and the music's louder. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Uh, so... Carlos is like, well, okay, you need to unplug the computer. And Cecil says, oh, of course I unplug the computer. Here, I'll do it. And he unplugs it, and suddenly he is no longer in the studio. Janice is not there. The computer's not there. His microphone's not there. He doesn't know how anybody can hear him. He has no idea where he is. And he's calling out like, hello, hello, hello. And he hears a voice call back to him, and he says the voice just said, you shouldn't have stopped the video. Oh, my God. And he's in one of these liminal space video locations in an abandoned mall. So imagine being all by yourself in a mall where it's dark, and then you hear that voice saying that. This would have made a very good Halloween episode, I think. Yeah, it really would have. I like how Cecil says, "Um, listeners, I don't love what's happening here. So until I figure out what's going on, why don't I just take you to the weather? I I enjoyed the weather. It was a little more country than I'm used to, but I Mm. liked how the electronic tones kicked in in the chorus. Mm. That was very sweet. Yeah, I have a note that it was a country folk, but it becomes less country as the song goes on. I think it becomes more 
more folk and a little bit more pop as it goes on. It was Through the Clouds by Checkpoints with an exclamation mark on it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, We get back from the weather and Cecil is still in this abandoned mall and he doesn't recognize any of the stores. And that feels a lot more like a dream. Like, since you can't read anything, yeah. you can't really tell what all these stores are supposed to be. But, like, he sees the the big department store um, that he thought he recognized, but it doesn't have a name. It just has a big square logo. I'm not sure what that's referring to. Probably, yeah. I can't remember what any of the big uh, JCPenney or Dillard's or whatever, what their logos look like. No idea. That stuff is going away, and it's really... Oh, yeah really interesting. I mean, Nathan found, stumbled across a video um, on YouTube several months ago of a guy exploring an abandoned mall, and it was the one in Wilson, North Carolina, that he would hang out with his friends. So he was just like, I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. So that's just that's just odd to see these things crumbling away. It seriously is. Yeah, but I mean, it's like they have Amazon. It's like, do you need to go into a store to buy this stuff? I, mean, oh, I saw. It's I saw. Insane. Somebody was like trying to blame kids for always playing on their phones instead of like going to malls and hanging out in person. And then someone what? pointed out nobody's got the disposable income to hang out at malls, and a lot of malls don't like teenagers to hang out there anymore because it's so what are you going to do of course they're going to get together on the internet on their phones seriously it seemed like a heck of a lot of like the crowd control in malls was discouraging teens from congregating you know and like well so now it's their fault (laughs) yeah good job anyway um but he goes through a door and now he's in an old office hallway and it's very very quiet that we can just barely hear the sound of a vacuum cleaner in the distance, which immediately made me think of the video with um, Fatboy Slim, Christopher Walken doing the dance thing, and you've got that. That's a liminal space right there, that whole hotel. Oh, God, I love that. But why is it that a vacuum cleaner in the distance can be the creepiest damn thing you have ever heard? Because it's somebody moving around in the distance that it isn't threatening, but it sounds threatening. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but boy, you can, you can totally hear that. Just the fact that I said you're in an old office and you can hear a vacuum cleaner in the distance you all immediately were able to picture that sound yeah that's a very yeah that's a great touch point there but he's yeah he's just going from one liminal space area that he saw in the video to another to the weird house with the carpets that he could said the only way he could describe the color of the carpets on the stairway is malaise but he recognizes that house so cecil ends up in the computer room with the old Mac computer, and he sees the man there who was typing on the computer, and the man turns around, and Cecil doesn't recognize him, but he thinks he should, possibly. But he is just like something in his memory is gone, and he's kind of terrified. Yeah, and he asks him, where am I? And the voice very quietly, and the man very quietly says, this is your home. And Cecil's He's like, no, it's not. But then he's like, that feels like a lie. It's not my home now. But he definitely recognizes the place that he's in. But he does ask the man, you know, what do you want from me? And the man says, I want you to remember. You will remember. You have no choice. And Cecil suddenly wakes up back in his house with the the, uh, computer plug in his hand and everything's fine. And he said, I don't know what that means. I refuse to look into it further. 
And then he signs off and then we're done. It was like the fastest transition from the story to the sign off ever. Yeah. It's his dad, right? It's got to be his dad. It's got to be his dad. I mean, we've heard so much about his mother, but we really haven't learned much about his dad. And I feel like that's the only... The only emotional touchstone that would be this powerful for him, but yeah. you don't know why he doesn't remember. Did his did his father abandon them? Has he said that before? I'd have to go back and look at the episodes. I don't think so. I always feel like they never really said anything about his father one way or the other. And I can't remember in the it was in the VHS video that he watched, and he even mentions it in this episode, where he first saw the man mm-hmm. and didn't like him and everything. Did he say at that point, did he say he thought he knew who he was, or did he actually say that he thought it was his father? I think I remember him saying he thought it was his father, but okay. or somebody did, or okay. he said that, but then his memory got wiped, and he doesn't remember saying that. So I yeah. don't know what's going on, but it's nice and creepy. Creepy, as our liminal spaces. So this whole episode was kind of a liminal space. Yeah. Know, <laughs> one story point and another. So it's very neat. Anyway, so that's all for Night Vale for this week. I wanted to mention that Hannah has been highly recommending the new show on Apple TV, Shrinking. That's the one with Harrison Ford mm-hmm. in it. I watched one episode and started a second, and it was very late, and so I didn't watch anymore. But I told Hannah, I'm like, oh, I'm really enjoying this. This is very fun. Everybody's doing a great job. And the next night, I watched three episodes in a row. Three episodes. Okay. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Highly binge-worthy. Very fun. Everybody's doing a great job. Anytime you think they might dip into secondhand embarrassment, they come out of it really fast. So, you know, even though this guy is going through, like, his wife has died. That's not a spoiler. You find that out very quickly. His wife's died, and he's not handling it very well, and he's messing up his relationship with his daughter, and he tends to do dumb things every once in a while. But again, I feel like you really, you dip into those moments just enough for you to feel that little tiny bit of cringe, and then you're away from it, and it's resolved. So it's very, it's satisfying. Harrison Ford, why have people not been giving him more comedic roles? He's, his comedic timing's extremely good. Yeah, I remember ages ago somebody giving him a buddy cop movie with this idea mm-hmm. that he's like this action hero. Let's keep putting him in action hero-y stuff, but make it a comedy. No, let's just do comedy comedy, how about? Yeah. Yeah, he's a curmudgeon, and that's what he's playing in this show, and he does it very well. So that's <laughs> what we need to do. But yeah, that I really do recommend that one. Cool. I've just been reading um, Terry Moore's latest comic book series, Parker Girls, which is a continuation of the characters from Strangers in Paradise. I just, it is so odd. Ever since he restarted Strangers in Paradise, it's been like, start a series, 10 issues, boom, next series. And it doesn't feel like anything ever really gets resolved. And I can't oh, stop reading it. Oh, uh, well, I mean, that means he knows what he's doing. I yeah, guess. And yeah. But he's be like, I can't believe, but I'm just here to move on to the next one. You and know? I just, like he's I, doing I, something, right? I feel like there's some dangling plot threads left all over the place. And I think even people who love the original series will be quick to point out that he would mess with timelines and never really follow through on some stuff. But I right. mean, every individual individual issue just watching the back and forth dialogue and the expressions and like madcap stuff and then <gasps> kind of gasp worthy moments so yeah i'm enjoying it 
Now, uh, I also wanted to mention before I forget, should attack the song with the Night Vale stuff, but of course I'm not prepared and no one is surprised. Haha. Joshua Kay, one of our super fans, he had actually texted me this a while ago because we were talking about what the heck is Hiram McDaniel's missing head going to look like? Is it just going to be no head, a dead head, a skeleton head and everything? And he texted me and specifically said, I still believe our dragon friend is regenerating his head. It may have a different personality, but I still think he'll have five heads. Heads. And I said, oh my goodness, wouldn't it be amazing if the new head was a baby dragon? Wouldn't oh. that be great? <laughs> <laughs> I like that even better than my idea of having a ghost head. Uh, I'd be fine with either. That'd be great. So anyway, thank you, Joshua. He's always sending us points to think on, which I do like. So I saw that Hugh, uh, our guest reviewer, uh, reviewed the new Dungeons and Dragons movie, and he really yeah. liked it. Yes. I am so surprised because it feels like we've had nothing but a terrible track record as far as bringing Dungeons and Dragons to the big screen. And Nathan in particular, when he saw the trailer for this, said, that movie looks stupid, but apparently it's good. I swear. Yeah, I've been hearing, I don't remember who I heard from, but it's just kind of been an accepted thing. People have been talking about, oh yeah, the new Dungeons and Dragons movie, boy, that's going to suck. And I guess maybe they're basing it on all the other incarnations, either that or the fact that Chris Pine was involved in that drama that was going on a few months ago that everybody was talking about. I don't know. They were like, oh, it's going to be a clusterfuck. Now, Bear in mind, Hugh is definitely one of the most forgiving movie reviewers we have ever worked with, but he will call out a stinker when he sees one. He even, the new, um, what's his name, who played Kylo Ren, Adam Driver, mm-hmm. he gave the new Adam Driver movie a B-, minus. so mm, okay. you know, definitely calls it like he sees it. He gave this one 99 out of 100. He thinks wow. it's great. Oh, he is okay. very, very impressed. So I'm like, okay, I might have to see this one. Because I like Chris Pine, and I want a good Dungeon Dragons movie, and I'm all about a fun fantasy movie. But it just yes. it feels like the default was that it was going to be bad. And I, yeah. I'm not entirely sure why. I guess everybody's gotten really jaded about it. I guess. I, I was really surprised, because I had some friends who were kind of talking about seeing it, and I was like, I'm sorry, guys. I'm not going to pay like what, what, however many dozens of dollars it is to see a movie in the theater. That's going to be a streamer for me. And I'm like, maybe. So it's maybe. not actually coming out until the 31st. He got to see an early screening of it. So, you know, buy your tickets now. <laughs> <laughs> The last thing I just want to mention real briefly, I was re-listening to episode, I want to say it's 200, which is our Ship All the Ships episode. I was listening is, to that too. What, wouldn't it be interesting if we were listening to it at the same damn time? It really would be. Funny that when I listened to it, I realized we never actually defined what shipping is. Like a lot of people might have thought we were talking about commerce. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> no, relationships. Anyway, one thing we'd mentioned, we'd mentioned VG Cats and oh, the two characters. Golly, I know exactly what this is about. Oh, man. And we had talked about the fact that that guy had stopped drawing the main cartoon and he had started a Patreon called VG Ludes, where it was just going to be those characters, but he was going to draw them porn style. And we were like, hey, nice work if you can get it. He's got like over 100 Patreons. I hope he's making all the money. I'll put a link to the Reddit conversation that I found this person talking about it, who did actually have sources for everything they were saying. But in case you want an update on Scott Ramsamir, I guess his name is... um, So he had never been good with updating the original VG Cats, and then he got married and had a couple kids, so he had even less time, and then he got divorced, and then he's paying child support, he's running out of money, he's very depressed. He starts VG Ludes because he needed money, but he hated doing it all the time. He talked himself about apparently having a suicide attempt at one point, but the 
long and the short of it is he stopped updating. He stopped providing people the things that they had commissioned to do. That they had paid him for. Exactly. He stopped offering. Not only did he stop doing the pictures, he stopped offering refunds. Like there's a guy sent on a message that he had gotten from Scott where he, you know, Scott had said, hey, I'm just not going to do the pictures anymore. You can pick something different. And the guy was like, well, it's been over a year. I think I'd like my money back. And Scott's like, I wasn't offering a refund. And I'm like, oh, "Oh, God. And like, as somebody brought up uh, screen caps of conversations where his friends are like, dude, you're acting like an ass. You need to give people their money back and then getting blocked. Yeah, yeah. So he wiped his Twitter accounts. He's not doing anything on the site. Certainly Patreon has nothing anymore. It's all down. Nobody's heard from him over a year. I would like to say for the record, I hope you're okay, dude, because it sounds like you're maybe not okay. So I feel bad that we had talked about that. And I was like, oh, well, he's doing the ludes. I hope that works out well for him. That's a really good idea. Apparently he hated it the entire time. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, yeah. that yeah. sucks. Also, this is just my one thing to say. You know, some of us will look at some like not safe for work fan art every once in a while whatever i don't judge i like doing it it's fine not everybody is good at it it is very difficult to do and if you've ever i mean it's all anatomy and so <laughs> a lot of people were saying that he wasn't very good at it either so it's isn't like, that interesting assume yeah it's not interesting that it is a skill set to be able to yeah. do it and do it properly yeah, yeah, yeah. So never assume that when people are doing not stay for work stuff for commissions, they're like, oh, whatever. You know, you're just printing money, raking it in, aren't you? You're really sold out. It's hard. Give those people <laughs> some respect. But on that very weird note, that will wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries. This weekend is a WonderCon. Lots of pictures. Got to see all the cosplays. Now, I'm not doing the emoji bot this time because I would like to, the next time I do emoji bot, I would like to do it maybe when we're at a convention together. That would be nice. That would be very cool. Little group picture. I have my steampunk mask that I have been um, touching up a little bit and my steampunk goggles um, and Jada and I one day might just wear Star Trek cosplay together one day. So we'll see. If we do, we'll take pictures. Oh, yeah. Well, I forgot to mention that Nathan and I went to the Geek and Grub Market in Raleigh, which was, yeah, that was just a fun little craft festival. And they also have like demos and they had a gaming night that evening. I wish we'd been able to go to that, but lots of people walking around in cosplay. So I got some butterfly ear clips for what will eventually be my Forest Witch costume that I want to wear when I go to a renaissance festival the next time so let's see how many years that takes to get done that doesn't matter it takes how long (laughs) it takes it's fine anyway all that and more pixeladygeek.com next week we will have two more episodes of Laura olympus i am so excited i am so excited it looks like we are going to be getting some of the demeter story in at least one of the updates that we read next week so i gotta see where they're taking it because this could be a dumpster fire her reaction or it could Mm -hmm. be her starting to learn something well we don't know yet yeah we will certainly find out but one way or the other we will talk to everybody in one week talk to y'all later
God, you know what? I don't like how I started that. Let me try that again. And the man turns around, and Nathan doesn't know who he is. Uh, you said Nathan doesn't know who he oh, is. Oh, crap. How did I do that? Okay, hang on I a second. Okay. In this fact... Uh, God, I don't know why I can't talk today, but... It's just one of those days. Okay. So there's this 